0: The Outer Sanctum is being recorded today on the lands of both the Wurundjeri people and the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to Elders past and present. Good
1: plan. Good plan. Who thought of this one? You're listening to the Outer Sanctum podcast. Here is a moment in time
2: in the history of the AFL. In from the side. Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. The side, groundbreakers.
0: History makers.
2: Welcome to the Outer Sanctum for another week. What a weekend of footy that was. Multiple goals of the year, marks of the year, close games, even a draw, and all in a week when we had the huge group pick of all the clubs with their AFL-M and AFLW players. I've been clutching my pearls since Wednesday last week. My name is Emma Race and I am joined by two of the great loves of my life, an historian and an almost lawyer. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hello, Hello. I'm Lucy Race.
0: (laughs) I'm not the lawyer. (laughs) And I am not the historian. I'm Tess Armstrong. How are you, my lady loves? It's so good to see you. I think we've got to go a little bit inside the group chat again. Usually we would record on a Tuesday, but the the group chat was just going absolutely off chops on the weekend. The, The footy was so exciting. There was so much going on and we felt, you know what, Tuesday's too far away. We've got to get in here and just absolutely start getting stuck into some footy chat right now. It was so exciting.
2: It was so exciting. So I'm going to just run through a list. We're going to get to highlights, but I'm going to run through a list of some of the things that made the highlights this weekend. Papley, Jay Dacos and Danaher all looked like they had ball on a string for their goal of the year contenders. And Jamari Eugelhagen, clutch AF for the Dogs against the Ds. Georgie Artis Mark for Ports sad screamer for Carlton and Toby's grab with an aerial twist the Russian judge loved it gave it a 10 the Tigers playing on for their oh. draw <laughs> detriment while Jamie Elliott's mark and goal to win the match for the pies was 110 percent drama there is so much to choose from here Lucy what was your highlight
1: I think it's kind of fitting this one because what I'm going to go with is team celebrations <laughs> because we were treated to a number of team celebrations this weekend. I'm going to do my three, two, one. <laughs> my three is the Hawks all getting around Jack Gunston when he kicked his first goal of what was to be five goals and he kissed his black armband. And I don't think there was a dry eye. Anyone watching, we know how close Jack was was to his dad. And it was a fitting tribute. And the thing that just made me really tear up was watching all of his teammates get to him and give him a hug. Secondly, the dogs celebrating when Jamara kicked that incredible goal from the arc, outside the arc. And I just, I loved his celebration. I love how, you know, when players just turn to the crowd and he does that greatest showman moment, (laughs) beautiful. But how could you go past the absolute stacks on the mill pylon of those Collingwood players as they jumped on top of the coolest customer, Jamie Elliott, after he sealed that that win. It was extraordinary to watch. I was a tad concerned that Maynard had really furthered his shoulder injury in those celebrations. You see him kind of walk away going, oh, it might have gone a bit too hard. But how good is it to
2: see just that? The Spontaneous Show of Emotion. Loved it. It was beautiful and also I did feel that Collingwood were doing it you know, they had the death of Billy Picken uh, had probably just hit the group before they played that game and the commentators make men- made mention of it. And we would like to also mention the passing of Billy Picken and just send so much love to Annie Nolan and Liam Picken, who were both um, friends of the pod. And I know that Collingwood people, but all footy people were really feeling that as well. Tess, what was your highlight? It obviously wasn't the (laughs)
0: times. i don't know what you're talking about there was i had a blackout at my house on friday night and um i have seen no results and i've chosen not to look at them now lucy spoke about group celebrations and i just have to do big shout outs to some individual goal celebrations jamara yugelhagen's goal obviously ridiculous right and he's he was so composed in his celebration he was just like yeah that's what i do this is who i am another celebration and an award that i really want to give a shout out to and it doesn't um feature on Brownlow Night but it should which is just a play that's very fun to watch. People that you just love watching and this week I have to give that to Essendon's Sam Draper who has both the look that I'm looking for in a fun-to-watch player, which is a raging mullet, very tall, takes (laughs) up the space that has been given to him and plays with his whole heart. And I remember last year watching when the Bombers were having a bit of a downtime, he always looked very affected by that and then also extremely thrilled when the team was going well. And I just love when a player really feels it on behalf of all the fans. And he kicked a cracking goal on the weekend and his celebration was exceptional he ran a mile absolutely knees up it was like an extra exercise yeah high steps it's like the only exercise I would do would have been his goal celebration (laughs) after the actual impact and so that was absolutely fantastic another little highlight there was a goal from Josh Dacos it was exceptional but the big I loved the most was the very wholesome and healthy parental pride on show from his dad, uh, Peter Dacos, the great player himself. And I love that Peter Dacos loves watching his boys play footy as much as we do. It's just mm. like he's a random. You gave us these gifts, Peter. So take some take some pride
2: uh, in your own
0: work there. But, yeah, it was absolutely he ain't delightful. No random. <laughs> he ain't no random. I love that uh,
2: too. I love seeing that parental pride because it's you know that the pride is there, but often it's it's in this undercut current of like just be cool and don't actually express it openly and that was just love of the game stuff and the fact that his son had done it like I reckon he would have been on his feet regardless because it was (laughs) just such an amazing goal it looks like in my mind it's like the buddy goal when he kind of um, from that same um, side of the ground actually where he's running and he jumps over roadkill like this place yes. in front of him and he just kind of <laughs> leaps all the, the people runs out sells some candy bounces and drops on him yeah, that's yeah. right some, some dynamite goes off <laughs> it's, like, it's
0: like he's the road runner. It's a a goal you absolutely have to kick as well. It's one of those moments where if you see someone tap it to themselves and haven't looked for another option, you just think, you've got to kick this goal, and he did. So it was
2: all worth it. I can't wait to get into a conversation about clutch and what the opposite (laughs) of clutch is because I think that we're going to talk about that in the melee today. Um, My highlight was Josh Carmichael coming in. The medical sub for the Pies came on and kicked two goals, after which I named the Carmichael move... (laughs) (laughs) Chekhov's medical sub (laughs) in what I think is probably the greatest um, feat of bringing in pop culture references, art and football together because if you're going to show a gun... The start of the game. It better go off somewhere during the game. So Chekhov's <laughs> medical sub for me was Josh Carmichael this week. Unbelievable. Um, it is time for us to melee, my friends. But so look, I'm looking at this um list of melee topics <laughs> and it says it's just ridiculous. It says COVID safe ground, final parade floating down the river, pets at the football, clutch uh drawers. Uh, and head high. I think we should start with, I think we should start with the serious ones and then we'll get into the silly things. Cause I feel like I've got a lot of mascot talk to catch up on. Um, <laughs> I just saw Mason Cox tweeting actually. And I've got to say, I love it when Mason Cox tweets because he actually says something. He's like an AFLW player. He actually <laughs> says something on Twitter. Like he really goes there. And what he was talking about was, um, the head high rule and Guineven who didn't get paid head high because the umpires deemed that he lowered through his knees, lowered his body. But I look at that, I'm like, man, that would have made me feel pretty ripped off if he didn't get, it was right round his neck. Tess, have you got some opinions on this? Well, oh, I have so many opinions on this and I don't really have a strong opinion. I come from both.
0: I can see all sides. For people who didn't quite catch up during the week, the AFL essentially tweaked a rule that already exists around high contact and said that if the tackle is reasonable, you know, in the circumstances or whatever, and there's no prior opportunity and the ball carrier is responsible for the high contact, therefore, you know, they've shrugged or ducked or lowered their knees, it'll be play on. And this all came out essentially because of of Ginevan. So he became the central focus of that. Now, first of all, we have to point out that Ginevan is 100% not the first player to be doing this. In fact, there's a very famous player playing at a different Victorian club who may or may not be extremely famous for a duck. But uh, this all became about him and essentially is what the umpire saw that Ginneman had dropped into the tackle from Mason Redmond, And I, I don't think that watching it back it's possible to think that. He is also a short person. So I feel like this. these are oh, so many variables coming together about one person. But the issue is, I think some people have said it's unfair that one person becomes the centre of a story like that. But that's actually just what happens. I mean, even in non-footy world, if you're thinking about there's a high profile incident outside a nightclub or a high profile case of fraud or a high profile whatever, then the rules and the laws always try and catch up to that thing that's that everyone's talking about. So I don't actually think it's unfair that this one person is the centre of a story because that's just how it works, I think. But I do think that Collingwood would be right to to question whether or not he's ever going to be able to get a fair go. Because if you think about it and you're going into umpire game and that's the guy over there that the rules been changed about and everyone in the whole MCG, 70,000 people are yelling about it. Is he ever going to get a fair go? And Mason Cox's point, was excellent where he essentially said um, high tackles were put in the game to protect the player's health and now they're being ignored how can we think the AFL cares about concussions and head high contact after this so I don't know where I I, I sit with that I, I don't think it's unfair that he's become the guy because he was the guy but I, I do think it's very important from here on out that there appears to be integrity in the way the rules are applied and it doesn't feel like he's being unfairly targeted every week because in this instance anyone could tackle him however they like if you're an opposition player thinking you're going to get away
2: with it this is what I've started to come around to thinking is that the the game doesn't just have rules to adjudicate the parameters of the game that what happens now is that, that the rules are tweaked because coaches find their way around it and so do players. So this doesn't happen in a vacuum. The reason why Ginovan plays like that is because he might have watched a lot of Geelong over time, right? And so, for example, (laughs) and he's seen that that's one way that you can get get the ball yourself. It feels unfair, I think, to label him as that person. But, you know, I think back to Toby Green or Sam Mitchell, um, they both had like something unique that they did that had to be stamped out of the game. So I'm kind of in two minds where I'm like, well, head highs, I take it incredibly serious and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see that be the way that people are getting the ball. But I do think that that sometimes someone has to be a lightning rod for that conversation. At the moment, it's him, but I don't think that he started it, you know. I feel like in the words of Billy Joel, he didn't start the fire, Lucy. Mm. I think, you know, it's it all gets caught up in these
1: conversations around rule changes and where I think there's an important distinction is that there are some rule changes that are brought in like standing on the mark, which is all about trying to make the game faster or, you know, it might be to try and stop, you know, something that, Coaches have been bringing into the game. This particular rule change is there because you know the whole thing about not having high contact is to protect the head. And I can understand that it's really important that if you see players who are doing things to actually invite contact to the head, you need to stamp it out. And the best way to do that is not by rewarding them and giving them the ball. Where it's really frustrating is when you do see, you know, that example of Jack Ginnivan; he should that should have been. A free kick. And even in the video that the AFL put out, the one that they said, you know, and I think it was James Blank for Hawthorne, and they said, you know, this is a clear, this shouldn't be a free kick. Now that didn't look clear to me. I think, you know, there are players who the way that they run, the way that they move, I'm thinking of players like Paul Poopolo, players like Sam Mitchell, players like Joel Selwood, who have that strength through their core where they kind of do twist and duck and weave and they deserve to be protected. Their heads deserve to be protected as well. I think we just have to cop that there might be some footy decisions that we struggle with, but the most important thing is that we, as a code, make sure that we are protecting heads of players. And that's going to be something that's, you know, so important going forward. I saw this week that and this is a, a really tough story, but Ty Zantuck. He used to play for for Richmond and played for Essendon, and has sadly been out of the game. He has some terrible injuries that he's continuing to to have to deal with as a result of his time as a footballer. He's won the right in the Victorian Supreme Court to sue Richmond over back and head injuries that he claims he sustained while he was playing for the club. And, look, it's a landmark decision because it recognises Ty as an employee of the Richmond Football Club and it may actually challenge a duty of care case that has thus far protected the AFL from this kind of legal action. Ty alleges that he wasn't given appropriate care for his injuries and that he was allowed to play on and train despite having repeated head knocks. He last September was diagnosed with traumatic encephalopathy syndrome which sadly indicates that he is likely to develop CTE. So it's a you know that's that's the other big part of this story that we have to grapple with as a code that we have a duty of care to these athletes.
0: Yeah, another part of that case which is a watch and see is essentially that the reason why he has been given the green light to go forward is because in in normal law, there's a time limit for personal injury claims, which is six years after the injury occurred. And what we're seeing essentially with sports people is that it's it's not taking that linear path. It's not necessarily within the six years or I know that Ty had I know that Ty had attempted to take action back in 2006, 2012 as well, but he wasn't diagnosed till 2021. That's a really long time. That's a lot more than six years. And so we're going to see this all all over the world in all sorts of sports. We saw it as well. There was a a Welsh rugby captain, Ryan Jones, who's 41 years old, a legend of the sport, and announced that he has early onset dementia. And there was a quote that he said where he said, "I, I lived 15 years of my life as a superhero and I'm not, and I don't know what the future holds and said how scared he was really and that his life was falling apart and I thought when I when I listened to that it was just a couple of days after the um the state of origin right we were talking about BIFOs and how great it is and it got me thinking about how the concussion conversation in sport feels a lot like and I know this might seem like a limp, leap, but the climate change debate and what we do on a daily basis where it's almost too big for people to, to talk about in a, in a non-emotional way. So when it comes to rule changes that are implemented to protect our heads, people go, that's a great idea. But then if we we say, okay, in this instance, we're doing this so that you don't have early onset dementia at 40. And Mm. I feel like sometimes these conversations can feel like they're just too big for people to comprehend because all we want to do is just love our sport Mm. and talk about the fun, talk about the mascots, right? I just want to do that too. But that's not what we get to do because that's Mm. not the reality. And so these conversations are very hard, but very necessary if we're
1: to keep playing the game we love forever. Well, it makes us it makes us confront stuff that we don't want to confront. Mm. Like we don't want to confront the fact that playing the sport that we love might actually leave people permanently disabled. Mm. Um, We don't want to confront the fact that the planet will probably burn. Yeah, it's (laughs) um, it's it's a bit grim. It's a bit grim. Um, Just while we're on concussion, I just want to raise a or mention a new study that. Somebody on Twitter alerted us to. So, thank you, Dr. Zen. Great Twitter handle. Um, the British Journal of Sports Medicine had a look at the data that informs the most influential consensus statements on sport related concussion and how it's treated. And they were looking at that to quantify how much of that data included female athletes. What do you think the results were?
2: <laughs> Did it include any Was female
1: athletes? <laughs> Is there anyone? Well, what it found is that there is significant underrepresentation of female athletes in the sample data. 80.1% was focused on male athletes, so that's less than 20%. And then in 40% of the studies, they had no female participation at all. So that's really quite bad. It's
2: probably on a par with crash test dummies, um, the health app on your iPhone. Pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals, the way that helmets fit, mm-hmm. all of the above.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: Moving on, Tess, I'm going to take you back to the final moments of the Richmond game because you had a really interesting um, brain explosion over it because we're talking about clutch and I was yep. actually thinking what's the opposite of clutch is there an opposite of clutch is it the is it getting the yips you know when when golfers can't putt or something like that but I actually don't think it is I think clutch is uh, it's a unique time and space and score line that get, you have to have a certain um, amount of elements for clutch to even be in the conversation so I already dismissed the premise that there is there is clutch players and not clutch players you probably I don't know how you feel about that I honestly spiraled
0: over the weekend (laughs) after the draw Draws, draws are another thing very inane you know they feel like they're gentle nothing really happens you just everyone goes home and has a good hard think about themselves but then I had a good hard think about the situation at my club firstly there's a stat going around about Collingwood, right? Collingwood winning over the weekend and how many close games Collingwood win. And that is so true and yeah. it's the opposite for Richmond. I was ex- So that's the opposite of clutch opposite of clutch uh, I was manifesting you know part of my spiral was texting Rana about the fact that even when Richmond were in our glory years when we were even in that time we didn't really win close ones we weren't really involved in close ones there was a next level that we were able to go to and we were always winning by a, a few goals and an extra couple of goals so and one issue I noticed on the weekend and I'd love to put it to the two of you was obviously there were a few bad moments. There were a lot of bad moments for Richmond in the last quarter. Um, A a few of the knowers, uh, a couple of the knowers had some bad moments that if they think about it, they would would say, I wish I would have that time again. and And I didn't do that. But that's about all you can come away with that. Harrison Jones from Essendon had to watch the fact that he had his moment. And then 20 seconds later, Jamie Elliott has his moment and he takes his moment and you didn't take your moment. And what happens, right? Now, everybody says, but there's a million moments in footy, and that's true, right? My Pollyanna moment says that's true. But there is some, when Jamie Elliott marked the ball yesterday, I knew he was going to kick it because he is the person that even from a young age, he always did that. He mm. was always good in those moments. And so it is something different that allows that person to know in themselves that they can do it. I would argue with the Richmond moments, um, the Noah Bolter play on and the Noah Cumberland incident are quite different because one you have more time Noah Cumberland I don't think he even knew what stage mm-hmm. of the game that was at you can see in the background Jack Rewalt yelling you know to tell him that it's to stop but he obviously doesn't hear that and then he's made a real meal of it and I thought the first thing I I thought was oh no, this poor kid because he's gonna get absolutely slammed on social media by people all week blah 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 also oh you poor person this everybody's watching a terrible moment for you that makes me feel really sick and thirdly I watched who went to him from our team and the first person that I saw really meaningfully chat to him was Trent Cochin, who is no longer our captain and I didn't see the other senior players with him on the ground and maybe they were and I just didn't see it on the tally. but it made me think hang on you're like love you Koch, and I'm loving that you're still the person to do that but I would love to see the others do that and it made me think is that a moment Trent and talking to him in that moment, is that a moment that stops Noah Cumberland from falling into that trap again down the track? Does he then think, oh, okay, that was just one incident, I can do it? Whereas if you're isolated from your teammates or your coaches or you're trolled on social media, like I saw happen to Jake Arts, mm-hmm. who is another Richmond player who'd done something similar the week before, who was trolled and had to, you know, delete his social media for a period of time. And I think, well, hang on, isn't that? aren't they all the moments that manifest in someone not being clutch down the track
1: I think those clutch moments are like the tip of an iceberg and there's so much that sits below the surface that and a lot of it you don't get to see like uh, you know it even goes back to what someone's temperament is and you know there are people who do really well under pressure there's people who don't and we need all types yeah you saw the Collingwood people
0: when they talked about Jamie Elliott all the other players said oh yeah once he had it we were
1: sorted I think Mm. he was the type I think in terms of how you actually prepare athletes for that moment, that's the conversation Mm. that I think is really interesting and that's where I I do love that, you know, as time has gone on, we talk more about the above the shoulders or, as some people like to call it, above the head um, (laughs) issues.
2: Above the head and below the ground. (laughs) I like your concept, Tess, that what happens after a non-clutch moment could be the rebuilding or the building of your next clutch moment. I don't feel like I'm clutch. Mm -hmm. I I feel like my self-talk is that I talk myself out of being clutch and I know that I'll never be, you know, 50 metres out after the siren for Hawks, but... I think there's other moments in my life where I will say to myself you know whatever you do don't say the thing don't say the thing and then I'll say the thing or I'll get nervous about saying something to someone and then I'll I'll screw it up because in my mind I'm not clutch. I feel like you've opened up a little Pandora's box there that maybe with some coaching and with your with the love and support of some good pod mates I could I could become clutch.
1: But I would argue that you are clutch because you're thinking about particular circumstances and I think there'd be other times where you absolutely are clutch. Maybe it's reframing. I, I like to think of players like Isaac Smith who famously missed a kick mm, mm. after or on the siren and there was so much criticism about him smiling mm. and joking around and, you know, who are we to know what his preparation is and who are we to know how, you know, what sort of, expression he's meant to have on his face to perform at his optimum level I think it's just it's just all the chat and I think anyone who has to do anything in front of a crowd good on you for being out there I would Mm -hmm. love to give Harry Jones a a big hug hug. and say Mm. I hope you're
2: okay mate because you know at least you were there and we're in the right spot that game brought up the conversation about draws which i think that we're going to get into our lists of the the stories that always get told <laughs> the football stories that go round and round on the merry-go-round or whatever the hamster wheel, just the perennial stories that we can't get enough of. I actually don't mind the conversation around draws, but I I don't mind a draw. I think a draw is a lovely part of our game that is really different to any other game. To be honest, you still get two points and it can really affect where you end up at the end of the year. It's not like oh, if you, if, you if, it's, if it's a draw you don't get to play the next week, but there is still a result. It's just it's half of a result and I think that we have this constant need to know who's better than who. And the truth is a draw is this lovely moment where you go, well, actually, we both played really different games. But at the end of the day, by the measurement that we use, we are both the same. And I actually think that it's a wonderful part of our game. But I know that, you know, not everyone agrees with that because when you leave, you know, it's a bit flaccid for the whole um Maybe it's just because no one gets to sing the song and the song is such an important part That's of the so song actually the only reason the we song. go. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe it's <laughs> not about a trophy. It's just all about the song. The song. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Um, there we go. But there's been draws that I've gone, I'll take that. There's mm. been one-point losses oh, that I go, I'll take that too. But it's in a different way. What are your favourite hamster wheel stories that just go <laughs> round and round and what are your least favourite, Tess?
0: Well, first of all, I feel like fr- Friday night. A draw was the most fitting result. <laughs> like, neither team was very good. I was a little bit sad to not hear the Freo song because I love that song, as you know, the do-si-do, but um, all the ties, yellow and black, but whatever. I can get over. I can just go home, listen to it on my phone, like a normal person. Put on the Spotify playlist and just bang them all out, which I do every now and then, just for a little bit of a. Sesh. The kids do love so, it on the
2: road trip. Let's be honest.
0: The kids. I'm an adult. I sometimes think like if I went to the moon and was living there, like no internet, no nothing, for a number of years, and came back to Australia, it would be quite comforting, considering I'd just been living on the moon that people were still just talking about whether or not we should have draws or not, like that's quite nice because it's just something that only this part of the world really cares at all about and so that is quite nice. But the dark side of it though is that you realise we're rolling along the kind of same opinions because there's only a certain amount of people ever working in the media are like, you know, can women commentate, you know, (laughs) those kinds of things. Like, yeah, I think they can and so maybe we should just have a little box where we all as a football population vote on stories that we think, have done their dash and can go into the box and we're not allowed to,
2: there's a big
0: QI, Mm. like alarm goes off every time someone tries to talk about it.
2: But the things that would go in that box, let me just say, is we all discussed whether it's appropriate for Wayne Carey to be a commentator and someone that we hold up as an icon of this game and the majority went, yeah, no, we're fine with that and they put that in the box.
0: That's true. That does it's, need revisiting. In a keep
2: box. Yeah. Okay. But maybe, yeah, all right, maybe there's a middle box. where. Like, okay, there's a, years, box. there's a middle <laughs> box. There's like when you're packing, there's keep, throw, and I don't know. Totally. There are three boxes. It's in a storage <laughs> tub on
1: top of my wardrobe.
2: Things we don't fit into at the moment, but we might one day. Aspirational. <laughs> Aspirational pants. Aspirational um, pants topics. (laughs)
0: Anyway, so one I'm putting in the I'm not fitting into it box, it's not happening, it's going to goodwill, is grand final time change because I never want to hear another word about it or any conversation Mm. that we would ever change the time and I'm sick of dealing with it every year. But my favourite is bring back State of Origin (laughs) (laughs) because I want (laughs) to. Even though that is the same type of conversation, I want to keep kind of someone bringing it up every now and then so we can get it back eventually.
1: Lucy? Mm, I really would like that grand final time slot change conversation to never happen again. I would actually like it to be written in the rules of the game that it will only ever be at this time. Yeah. Um, Just on that. I can never work out how long a game goes for. Neither so can I. Can anyone, does anyone know this? Time no. on tricks me.
2: I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Don't so, know. so you know when like hours. someone
1: says meet me after the football mm. and I'm like, yeah, mm. I don't know when
2: that is. How much is a banana, Michael? I don't know. That's where I'm <laughs> at with it. Like I just go straight <laughs> to the banana stand. I'm like, it's five. It's somewhere between three and five. Look, I should be home by seven. Oh, including I'm public the time zones. <laughs> Time zones don't work
0: for me. So, like, this is in that conversation.
2: But I know how long an AFLW game goes for because there's no time on. Well, yeah, there's right. only time yeah. on at the end. Yes.
1: But, no, like, some of those conversations, I mean, gosh, they come up so often that it's they really do jump to mind. One of the ones I would like to put in the box that we don't talk about ever again is the conversation when one player is out of contract and we go oh. for the whole season talking about whether that player is going to resign. I'd like that <laughs> the one. That worst one can go. One. So bad. That one can go out with the recycling. Is X particular rule ruining the game? Mm-hmm. I'd quite oh, like yeah. that one to go. I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other one that definitely can go—I'm hiring a skip myself for this one—is <laughs> that the AFLW doesn't bring in any money. Oh so yes, shut oh. up and be grateful. That's oh. bullshit. So that conversation can yes. go. Yes. Um, my some of my favourite perennial conversations are the Brownlow is a midfielders award, mm. and I like that conversation because it's a travesty mm. that that's what it's become, mm. and we need more discussion. So that I want to see defenders and rucks. I want to see a ruck. Win mm. the Brownlow. Yep. Um, and the other one is, you know, what we were talking about earlier. Like I do think that concussion and um, the way that we look after players' um, health, health and well-being is a perennial conversation and it is one that we do need to keep having because yeah. It, yeah. It, it's not going to change if we just ignore it. We do need to to really focus on it.
2: The one conversation that I was really tiring of but we've changed the tenor of it is (laughs) players' partners pregnant during finals or players' pregnant partners, um, should they be at the game or should they not be a game? I I feel like that was boring for a really long time but we didn't throw it out. We still have it but now we accept it. I'm like, Mm. oh, that's where the tide has turned. So I'm willing to have that one because I always think the players really step up now, the male players this is step up in ways that they hadn't before and they actually do some really great work in normalising family and um, and supporting their partners and I think that that goes a really long way in footy. I, my I really hate the conversation around the biff. I'm like, it's gone, it's not coming back. Shut up, your face holes. I'm just done with that conversation. So boring. I actually have got no interest in State of Origin. I'm like, please don't add another game. I'm sorry, Tess. Like, get over it. I, ra- I would D- rather D-T-M. them. I would rather them see like like the players do it to knockout or something. I just I don't want them to play another game of football. <laughs> <laughs> there's too much football. I feel like there's too many games. That perennial, well, perennial, perennial conversation. Well, this is another perennial conversation about fixtures. That I love. And-
0: I yep.
1: love it too, mm. and I think that we should talk about that one more. Do you feel
0: like, though, it's like they've got their fingers at ease at AFLHQ, and like, despite the fact that I actually think almost everyone is in agreement that there's too many games that they mm. play too many games. Not them. The buy rounds are like a thousand years long, and it's so boring. So, just play less games and play have less buys, and then have more women playing for happy days. But they're just like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. And I understand there are commercial issues, but I'm happy to keep putting that one in the we're keeping it box. We've just got to keep saying, like, Mm. the fixturing is weird.
2: But the thing that I'll say about the storytelling around this stuff, it's the same with climate change and concussion, I would say. The more we have the conversation, the more we talk about it, the more license it feels to give people go like, oh, it's a bit diluted now. We don't really need to act on it. Like I feel like when Mm. something really strong happens, like something really, really bad happens, we talk about it quickly and sharply and something will change. But this concussion conversation, I actually feel like where it's going to differ to climate change is that people are going to go, it's just personal responsibility. You know what? If you want to earn the Mm. big bucks and play this game, what might happen is that you might end up getting really severely injured and having a terrible life or... You know, not remembering any of your playing days, and that is personal responsibility. It's on you. The end. And then we'll all just kind of go hush, hush. Oh, we're still supporters. Oh well, well at least they know mm. the duty of cares with them. Like, I, I don't, I don't feel that that's going to be a mass class action changes the whole mm. face of the game. I just don't, I just don't see that happening. It kind of reminds me of the gambling conversation mm. in some ways. Yes. Just keep and- just keep pushing it and then it and then mm-hmm. it's there and it's too hard to turn back. Hey, I want to wrap up this conversation because there's some really important other topics that we need <laughs> to get to. Like the fact <laughs> that someone had their cat at the football. What the actual hell was going on? Like, so we've seen dogs at the football, we've seen a pig at the football. There's all types of birds at the football, but somebody, actually, Tim Gill on Twitter, had a photo, and he didn't know the source of the photo, but someone was holding a cat at the football. Does that cat live at the ground? Is my first thought.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think so because I think there was also a picture of that cat in a cat carrier. What the hell? So I've done a little bit of digging, <laughs> put on my little monocle and became Hercule Poirot. <laughs> and the only, I mean, two things came out of this research, right? The first is that there is an official pet partner of AFL players <laughs> and that is Jet Pets. Oh. We're not on the ABC, so shout out Jet Pets so if you want to pet. So
2: maybe it was that.
1: Well, there's that. I don't think it was that. It was an
2: in-store appearance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it, it leaves me with this. This must be the option, I think, is that it was a companion animal because the only pets that you can take to the football are companion animals well now animals. i love it yes. what's an official yeah. companion? so yes there like, are a official a cat, no there are official you? companion no because you can have assistance animals that help animal. with a whole range of of things like if you're neurologically diverse or mm. if you have certain disorders where a companion animal is going to be helpful yep. and mm. we did see last week That young Benjamin ran through the banner for Carlton and had his assistant dog Harvey with him. That was actually the first time, I can't believe we missed talking about it last week, but the first time an assistant's dog has been on the MCG on match day. So my conclusion is that this was a companion animal cat.
2: I I like that so much. That makes you a really great detective and I hope that that's true. Another massive story this week, Ted, I'm going to need you to give us the full Larry on this. The COVID safe grand final parade floating down the Yarra River. Is it, is this, it, have I got it right? It's true. So first of all, I do a radio spot on the ABC on Friday and it was on
0: like with Kate Roffey, <laughs> this is demon's president. And I was like looking at this story going, I'm not sure, you know, sometimes things get battered up and you're not quite sure if it is true or not. And then I looked into it and you all know that I'm, quite sarcastic and I've said I'm a traditionalist but I'm very for this and I know that my voice still sounds sarcastic like I'm leading up (laughs) to a joke but I'm like actually really for it because it's both funny and COVID safe and I both love those two things deeply like with my soul so yes the plan is essentially that unlike the previous Did you know by the way that the route that they take has been changed like five or six times? So, no one, it's like Australia Day, like it hasn't been the day for that long, we could just change it. But anyway, it hasn't been the route for that long, we could just get over it. So, they get on the (laughs) boats at Fed Square, and if you're not in Melbourne, It's not that far away, to be honest, from the MCG. So then they toddle up on the river, on the boats, um, until they get to the Birangmar area close to the MCG. They then hop on the back of the cars like usual and then zoom up the hill to the MCG to be presented. Now, there's a few things to get through, which is mostly like what is happening. But also, secondly, the type of boat I think is quite important because if it was, for example, a party boat, That's a nightmarish tone, and we don't want to see that um, with many of the players. If it's a yacht, I think it sends the message that players are paid too much money and they're too posh and they come from private schools, which is something that they should definitely avoid. A canoe that the players have to to row themselves, I feel like, is an injury risk, like it's just the day before. You don't want anyone to be pulling a shoulder or whatever. A huckleberry fin type raft, I feel that they would just go down on their own time, I think could work quite well. Jet skis. Obviously very obnoxious but quite funny for TV. on so the So I think that could work. But I... Stand
2: up <laughs> oh, the yeah, with right. a friend on
0: the Stand front. Up... <laughs> that's right. Super mindful, quite good. Yeah. And so anyway, also why stop there? Umpires on Restaurant Tram. There's a lot that we could do with this. If we're thinking Have alternative they thought of a routes. pool
2: pony? Oh, pool pony. Yes. Oh, I love yes. it. I love I it. I pony. I would like to see Richard Goida or Gil arrive in the Lady Gaga egg. Just being carried <laughs> by the other commissioners. <laughs> Maybe um, coaches in blimps. Oh, lots Some of blimps. Very, very underused. underused. We don't need to mm. see them, they're just hanging above. Would anyone do a gondola? Oh, very yes. romantic, very romantic. romantic. But I feel like there'd be some omen watch kind of bias because of the stripes. Towards Geelong because <laughs> of the stripes. Well, I'm, I'm thinking sounds you. All right. Well, I like the idea of using the river, and I like that it's COVID safe. And I will just also say we never get an AFLW uh, parade, and I know that it's because the grand final is played in different states. But I'm sick and tired of that excuse. Just saying. Most states have rivers. So
0: if we're going here, yeah, we can canoe it up in any of the states. Those pork ponies. Po- the pork ponies are
2: inflatable, right? You can pack them in a suitcase. <laughs> you can, you yes. can also put your own. Yes. Love it. All right. Let's um I want to finish this chat, this very serious chat, with a little something something. Because you know that we love to see our game through the eyes of people from overseas. And recently I was listening to an episode of The Dollop, which is an American history podcast that was recorded, uh, this episode was recorded in Melbourne uh, during the comedy festival this year. And it was just after Hawthorne had beaten Geelong in round five. Can you believe Hawthorne beat Geelong? You look at Geelong now and you think, (laughs) excuse me? Like what what business did we have beating you? Anyway, um, Hawthorne beat Geelong in round five this year and Ned Reeves, who is our Hawthorne's 209 centimetre ruckman, injured his shoulder and the American comedian Dave Anthony, who's the host of The Dollop, mentioned it in the episode and I just found this absolutely delightful and I want to share it with you now.
0: Well, they lost last night, <laughs> so I didn't know. They hurt the other team's giant. I was watching the game, and I was like, that's their giant. You down. mean the cop? No, the uh, Hawthorne has a giant on their team. Hawthorne think, has I a legal every, giant? I think every team has one giant. one giant. You're allowed
1: one giant? Sometimes you have, like, a second giant. You can but, get a, oh, yeah. another
0: giant, but this, mm. this team only had one giant, yeah. and then they broke him. This is, they broke, So their giant was broken mm. and yeah, this is broke. a sporting event. Yep. Okay.
2: Why have we not always <laughs> called the Rucks the Giants? We get two Giants each. If you, mm-hmm. Seriously, oh, if you're it. over a certain height, I think that we should refer to them as Giants. Imagine how many more people. We've been trying to work out how to get into other states and territories and <laughs> countries. You tell people we've got Giants playing, they're in, mate. Like, yeah. it's done, job done. <laughs> Fantasy round as
0: well. Like, there's good dress up areas here. But what would we call the Giants from the Giants? Like, is that two? Are they double Giants? A whole giant, team giant, of giant? Rucks. <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. Giant squares. The Rucks. The we'll Rucks. rename them the Rucks. Yeah, okay. Because this love is it. the wonderful thing about our game, right? Is that. When Ned has to get down on the ground to pick up the ball, or even if you look at Ben McAvoy at the moment, like he creaks, I can hear his boat bones creaking as he's <laughs> leaning over trying to pick up a ball. It's really hard to do. You need a Toby Green for business like that. You need those low to the ground people. You need know, those underground people you need to, to do it. Ginnifin. Yeah, you need Ginnivan, right? You need those really <laughs> low behind, under the knees, all that kind of stuff. And so you can't actually have a team of all rock. They can't all be the drummer. <laughs> It's all rock until somebody gets hurt. For mine, I've always thought that overseas people look at the game and think, "What do they make of the song? What do they make of the crepe paper banners? Is this... Mm-hmm. you know?" I feel mm-hmm. a bit. oh, It's so, it's so weird. It's so niche and so weird. But all along, they were just looking at the giant that we all <laughs> that we all get around in the <laughs> at the centre bounce, and it made me really laugh. All right, we've got some pretty significant other business, Teddy, in the edit. Can you put a little drum roll in here? Oh, love it, yes. Do you love a drum roll? I mean, you know, it's fine. A flute solo. Like, why don't they ever get it though? Yeah, okay. I mean, Lulu's anyway. bringing it back. I'm happy if you want to put a, a flute solo in here. Lulu, do you want to do the big announcement, given that you sit by the hot tap as the oldest sister of the pod? I would be honoured. We
1: are having a live event, oh! which is so exciting. Haven't done it for a while. And thanks to Swinburne's Sport Innovation Research Group, we will be getting along to Swinburne University. It is on Monday, the 5th of September, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., And we will be bringing you all inside the Outer Sanctum group chat. Mm -hmm. So we look forward to seeing everybody who can get along. Tickets are free. You just do need to register for them. So we will put a link in the show notes and we will be sharing that link in the socials as well.
2: But we've elected to launch it here first so that if you're listening to the pod, you get first dibs at the tickets. So go to the show notes, click on the link, make sure you get yourself a ticket and once the episode's been up for a couple of hours, we'll then announce it on the social so everyone else can catch up. Uh, We really hope to see people there. Basically what we're trying to bring to life for Social Sciences Week at Swinburne University is how we use the social sciences to pull together the Outer Sanctum podcast each week. So it's not necessarily coming to see a live recording of an episode, it's coming to see uh, a live workshop of how we get to the episode and then there'll be a little bit of episode chat as well so we hope to see you there thanks so much to Swinburne thanks to Emma Sherry and to um, Casey Simons for coming to us with this because they're such great friends of the pod uh and we're very grateful to to be invited along to Swinburne and it's a beautiful accessible venue we hope to see you there and what can we do high five rub elbows wear a mask we'll be on we'll sign be on masks <laughs> something like that uh, we'll be on boats probably on yeah, boats mm. yeah
0: yeah i'll i'll be on a jet ski but not unlike you guys <laughs> something <laughs> like
2: that okay it is time for us to get out of here is there any more final business are you guys happy to wrap this up I've got one, one shout-out to Kane Lambert, who's
0: announced his retirement from Richmond. You should always try and manifest a Kane Lambert in your own team. You know, someone who's not the main star, just does an exceptional amount of work. The stories about his pre-season training and his, the the amount of work he put in to his footy are just exceptional. And there's a cool stat for you coming to you from Sir Swamp Thing, which is that of the 19, 2017, 2019, 2020 premierships that Richmond played. Um, There were three players that kicked a goal in every single one. Dustin Martin, you've probably heard of him. Jack Riewoldt, oh yeah, you've probably heard of him. And Kane Lambert. Consistent, excellent club person. Loved watching him play and I'm sad that he's retiring, but good on him. Good luck with your future
2: endeavours. Massive shout out there. Go I've, got a, I've got Kenny a stat Armstrong. that I really want um Swamp to get back to me on. I haven't asked him about it, but I will. I feel like Richmond is the one team that always procures the players called ivan or ivan i feel like had no other teams have ever either. had an ivan
0: i would take like if, were, if we were talking quotas like they've been in the news like i'd take like a two to three quota ivan in a richmond team at once i i love i love an ivan as you know the old america is my favorite of the players and i'm fond of the young soldo so i'd take any ivan any day but mm-hmm. yeah we should put it to swamp and find out
1: mm. one other little Shout out to friend of the pod Gemma Bastiani who is doing a countdown on her Twitter account as we get ready for the next AFLW season and there are some choice
2: little morsels of statistics for each day.
0: Choice morsels. I love
2: choice. Gem's doing a great job there. I like that I said is there any final business let's wrap up and then we talked for another 10 minutes. <laughs> and that is our problem.
1: Don't give us the option. Can talk.
0: Okay, we're all don't finished. It, don't no ask more. a question. Z- zip yeah.
2: it. <laughs> Zip <laughs> Okay, we're out of here. There's only one thing left to say, and that is... Unzip. Go, Go, footy! Go footy!
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.